Welcome back to the Blindside Rewind. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Timmerman, joined as always by my buddy Justin Baxley. Justin, what's going on, my man? Not much, man. Just working, staying busy, um, getting ready for a uh, vacation next week. Um, I don't know if I've even told you about that. So well, here it is. You did not. <laughs> you did not tell me about that vacation. That beer sounds nice. I might be doing that on vacation. Uh, yeah, I'll be going. Uh, going. Uh, doing our little annual trip um, down to uh, the Universal uh, area. Uh, <laughs> little, little, going, going to get me a little butter beer. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. It'll be fun. Um, hopefully, I'll still get to do the podcast next week. If not, we'll we'll figure something out. Uh, well, I'll be on my parents' Wi-Fi, so there's no telling what what there's no telling when next week's episode will happen. Uh, but we, we'll get we'll get you an episode. Yeah. We'll definitely get you an episode. Uh, we may have to do a double on the following week. We'll, we'll figure something out for you, folks. Actually, we go on the following week too, but we will again. We'll figure all that out. Uh, <laughs> it's a busy few weeks over here. I've got a. As soon as I get back from vacation, I work a day, and then I go right back to Florida for a uh, conference as part of the fellowship that I was selected for, journalism fellowship. Um, so it's really exciting. I'm excited. I get to go down to. The Pointer Institute and uh, learn some more about good journalism and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a busy time of year. Thanksgiving's coming up. I have a lot to be thankful for this year. Um, Jeremy, I'm also thankful to hear that cam pop. That means we're, we're, we're back podcast and having a good time tonight. What you drinking on? This is a Cherry Street Brewing Friend of the Farmer. It is a sweet pumpkin pie porter. And it is delicious. I, I picked this one up this week specifically for the podcast. And uh, <laughs> it's good. It's good. A little, little podcast beer. I like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> it, it does sound good. I'm a, I, I got a question for you now. You, you said it was sweet pumpkin pie, right? What uh-huh. is your superior favorite all time like Thanksgiving pie? What do you, what do you, what do you reach for? So I think a sweet potato pie would have been my answer for a long time. Mm, So we've got a change in the answer, but I have only recently discovered just how spectacular a pecan pie is. I don't know why, I don't know why it took me so long, but my goodness, what a, what a dish. Really? This shocks me folks. Now, Jeremy and I are from the South. Um, I'm from Georgia. You're Georgia or are you South Carolina? Little of both. I was born. Well, I was, actually, I was actually born in North Carolina. Uh, elementary school. I'm learning things about Jeremy. Elementary <laughs> elementary school years in South Carolina, middle and high school, college in Georgia. Yeah. Then went back to South Carolina for a little bit, and now back in Georgia. So that's why it says, I'm, I'm saying it shocks me because like Georgia, like having them Georgia roots and not discovering pecan pie until recently. I knew about it. It's not like I hadn't I hadn't seen it. Oh, yeah. It was just not my choice. And see, I've always been in the kind of family where, like, when it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, there are multiple options on the dessert table. It's not it's not just one or you know. It's not like okay, oh, pie this year is Thanks. is pecan. It's like there's a pecan pie, there's a sweet potato pie, and there's uh, this chocolate cake, and there's a banana pudding, and there's like there's all these other things. So I just hit all the other options and just never yep. was into the pecan pie. And then I started eating it just a few years ago, and I was like, I- "I've wasted too much of my life not eating this delicious dessert." <laughs> it, it really is a, a revelation when you've discovered it. I love it. Um, that 
that one's close to me. I really think your two options are probably the two that I'd choose from. Uh, and I couldn't, and it really just depends on what mood I'm in. They're two very different pies. Um, so, you know, I, you know, we'll have to do a pie draft soon. Uh, <laughs> we will. We'll have to do a little pie drafty draft um, of, of our favorite pies. I'm a big fan of that. The other dessert that I kind of reach for is the one I make, really. Uh, I don't know if you ever had like Watergate salad. Uh, I think that's what they call it. I've never called it that. I've just called it like pistachio pudding. Uh, but basically, it's like Cool Whip. Um, pistachio pudding, uh, pecans, and I'm missing some. Oh, the, the uh, like jet puff stuff, like the marshmallow puff. And you mix all that up, put some pineapple yeah. in it, mix all that up, and then it like gets real fluffy. And it is really good. It's, it's one of my favorites to make. My granny used to make it for, for me as a kid. Um, and I still make it now. My, my my sister's a big fan of it. She always, you know, asked me to make it at Thanksgiving. So that's that's kind of my other one. If I don't go for a pie, I go for for the for the pistachio pudding that I make. That's good stuff. I th- that's not really my my move, but I do like a banana pudding. That's that's Ooh, that's my move. That's another good one. That's another good one. Peach cobbler. Um, yep, yep, yep. Uh, speaking of cobbler, you know what it sounds like cobbler? Gabler. And you know what we're talking about tonight? <laughs> Survivor, where my boy Gabler is on. Uh, like there were so many entry points for a segue, and you went with Cobbler sounds like Gabler. Wow, wow. Hey, it honestly it impresses me sometimes the segues that I come up with, and I don't mean Impress- that in so a good way. <laughs> yeah, that was that was wild. That was wild. Um, but so I, I, I kind of wanted to start us out with a takeaway tonight. That's not. It's not super positive, um, but I, <laughs> the modern survivor, they put these people in too many situations where it's small tribes. And you know, I've, I've said it countless times on the podcast. I've said it when you and I are just talking. I do not like the over-reliance on small group votes. You know, they start out in tribes of six. So it's six or less for the first what six eliminations? It's people voting where where it's three votes and you're out. Um, mm-hmm. And then we do the merge, and then at some point they do this thing where it's back down to two groups of five, and two more people go home with where it, all it takes is three votes to send you home. And, and that makes for good TV, I'm sure, is the reason that it's, it's dramatic television. When like, you know, I think we saw it. Um, was it last week? Yeah, the Janine vote out where they kind of had to create some drama where there wasn't really any drama in the end. Um, the biggest drama we saw tonight right. was that uh, James told Owen that the vote was Ryan when it was actually Janine. Um, that's the only drama that it really was. Everybody was on board with it. And I, and I get that, that in large votes, there's less drama, but it just doesn't seem fair to me how often that these people, that they don't really ever get the large group votes and what's important about the large group votes is it requires some politicking um you see lots of moments and we saw it a little bit tonight where people go one two three oh are we all voting for the same person okay then they're going home let's go eat like that you don't it takes away from the actual drama sometimes and i, I it's just it's just not fair to me um that 
and especially in nights like tonight when they break it out into two groups that are just kind of randomized it really deteriorates some relationships we talked about last season how it creates yep. some situation some uncomfortable situations um but it just the whole dynamic of the game is that you spend the tribal phase building bonds in your tribe and then you expand those connections uh post merge and it really kind of breaks that up in a way that I, I don't think it's enjoyable when they break up that momentum that people have been making, people have been building towards creating these bonds. I don't like it when they break it up like that. Right. So I've got a couple things. I don't, I don't think they're really separate takeaways. I think they fall under this umbrella um, of reasons why I don't like this one. I don't like it because like you said, it's small tribes and it always seems to lead out, lead to someone unexpected going out. And I don't mean it in a good way. Like, it always seems to lead to somebody who's been playing like a really, really great game and they're kind of getting screwed by a twist. Um, and, and it's not like, you know, they're getting screwed because they, they messed, they had a misstep in their gameplay or anything along those lines. They literally just got screwed because, well, we decided to get you back down to five and like this small group decided they were going to take a shot at the best player left in the game. And it makes sense from a strategic standpoint to do that. I'm not saying like, that's the wrong strategy, but it's also like the obvious strategy. Like it's like, if you've got a comp beast, that is the point to take them out. Uh, if they haven't won immunity, if you've got a really strong strategic threat, that is the point to take them out. Uh, especially like, well, and it seems to not to cut you off, but it seems to be even more unfair towards the strategic threat because it makes it easier for the challenge beast generally to win immunity because they, they've got a one, they've got a 50, 50 or not 50, 50. They've got a greater chance to win immunity. Um, but the strategic player doesn't have a greater chance to create alliances. So it really puts that strategic player at a disadvantage. Well, it's like, you know, Carl, Carla's got a 33 and one-third chance, and Samoa Joe's got a 78 and, and, and one-third <laughs> chance. And if you add them up together, she has a 133% chance of winning, and they all spell, you know, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I thought you were going to break out the Steiner math, so I decided to do it for it. Uh, <laughs> so, but no, like, I think you're you're spot on in that, in that it, it really does, it, it does definitely hone in on the strategic threats. We've seen it before. Uh, you know, uh, Drea was somebody we thought could go at the last, the last one that when it happened last season, um, it was somebody important went home the year before, I think, if I'm not mistaken, but, but at the five, five split, the vote out was Nasir yeah. on one side and it was, um, was it Evie on the other? That sounds right. I think you're right because Xander decided not to use his idol um, for her in that situation. And like yeah, Nasir is another one that's like he's a super nice guy, and it felt like they got thrown into a well. We don't have anybody else to vote out. We got to vote on Nasir out because I mean because I think they played idols right. Like there wasn't much left for them to do but to take Nasir out. Um, and he got. I mean, he really did. He got. He kind of got hosed 
Um, if if I'm thinking of the right one, it was Nasir and Evie. <laughs> yeah, and like Nasir, honestly, it kind of went back to. I could be wrong on this, but it, we talked about it a little bit last week where it, it just kind of returned back to one of those like he's different from us. We should vote him out because we don't really have a good read on who to take out here because the people we were going to take out are playing idols because of, you know, the, the previous vote out tipped them off to something. Uh, so it really put Nasir in a bad spot. And I feel like he kind of got voted out because he was about it. Um, and he got kind of, he, he did, he got, he got hosed on it a little bit, but the other problem I have with it, and I, I alluded to it there. I don't, I still hate that one tribal, like they know who the person on the jury is. Um, that, and it, and it made a, I mean, I do like that they spoke to that tonight, that, that Cody and Jesse in particular spoke to the fact that it was a huge advantage to know who, to know who had already gone home. Right. Last, last, the last two seasons, they've kind of ignored how big of an advantage it is. And like, I get it. You, you gave them that as a reward for winning that challenge. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with giving them the PBJ, PB and J. I'm even fine with letting them select when they go to trial. What I don't think is fair is knowing who's gone home on the other side because it does, it impacts the vote too much. Um, and it may not have tonight, but we know it did last season. And I just think that the whole, like, to make for better television, I think the better television is you send Cody's group to tribal because they decide they wanted to go first and go ahead and get it out of the way. They decide to vote out, uh, what's his face? Is it Ryan? Uh-uh. They vote Ryan out. Ryan, yeah. The next group comes in. They don't know who just went home. So they don't know if their alliance is strong. Um, who they, I mean, I guess the better example was the, actually the other side of it, which was knowing that James went home, you know, that some, some alliances have been shattered, you know, some things have been flipped. Well, now it's more important to keep so-and-so around because, uh, James has gone on the other side. And I just don't love that. Like I would rather, I think the better television is if you're going to split them up like this, and I still don't agree with it, but if you're going to split them up like that, at least make it to where it provides the extra drama of like, oh dang, Cody, Cody and them just sent home uh, Cassidy. They don't know that James is gone. That whole alliance just got blown up of of Carla, Cassidy, and James. Like they took out two of the three, and they didn't even mean to. Um. Well, and I, th- but I, th- I think that is where it, it they oddly try to bring some fairness back into it of like, there's no other scenario in Survivor where you're voting somebody out really without knowing who, without knowing who from your alliance has, has already been voted out. There's no other scenario like that. And so it's a way to add a modicum of fairness back in of Carla does come into that, uh, I guess she voted out James. I'm, I'm, I'm crossing my, my streams here. But um, Cassidy does come in to that tribal knowing that James is already gone. Um, so it, tonight, I just don't think – I don't mm-hmm. think it impacted the decisions that much. 
it was a factor, but it wasn't a huge factor. It was not the fact that the same way it would have been if, um, if Cassidy was considering voting out James and had seen Carla already out, you know, like it, it, it didn't have that same vibe because you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm more still thinking about last season where the reason that uh, what's his face went home at that point uh, was because he tried to start an all guys alone. It was Roxroy, yeah. So he, you know, he gets taken out because he tries to start this all guys alliance, but the the people come in behind it and they see, oh, they're taking out people of color, but that's not what they were doing. What they were doing was taking yeah. unlike that context. While it gave us a, a good moment in the game in terms of, you know, uh, it allowed Drea and Marianne to speak to something that I personally will never be able to understand in terms of as a, as a, as a white man. And I thought it was a powerful moment and a great moment, but to some degree it was, it was an unnecessary. It was misguided. It, it, by, yeah. it by, was by necessary. Right. It was necessary in the sense that like it needed to be said, but it was unnecessary in the sense that like, they didn't know the full facts of it all. And I guess misguided is definitely a better word than unnecessary because it was necessary that those things be said, but it was, it was definitely misguided because I think that if they had been in a bigger, bigger tribe and they found that out, that piece of information out, I think they'd have been voting Roxroy because you know, yeah. like it just made more sense. And so I just think it puts, it puts everybody in a really weird spot because you don't know why that person got voted out. And the leap that we got last season for why he got voted out took the game to some degree to a place that because we as an audience knew why he had been voted out, it felt uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I wonder what would be the harm in, in these situations, letting the other group and not just the first, the second group, watching the first, but vice versa, allow them go into a jury mode or allow them to go into the little spy shack thing that Rob and Sandra were in, in for season 39, um, where they can watch tribal. Now they can't speak, they can't influence, but they can watch tribal and just know what happened. So they used to do this. They did this back in, uh, the season with, with Yule and Parv, you haven't watched it yet, but they did it for that season, right? So they they got a reward. I think it was like fried chicken or something. And th- what they did was they let that first group, the group that won, um, they let them go sit in the jury area and eat their reward in front of the people while they their, their tribal council was conducted. So they ate the reward there. At the tribal, it's like they would have eaten the peanut butter in front of them tonight, the peanut butter and jelly. And then they would, they voted the person out, right? And then it flipped. Those people that were, were watching the people eat got to go sit up there. They didn't get to eat anything, but they did get to go sit up there and watch. And they watched the other tribal play out and then they left together uh, as one tribe again. I really liked that format a lot better. 
because it provided the exact same uh, thing that they're going for. I think there were bigger tribes too, if I'm not mistaken. It was like, I think it was closer to like six and six and not five and five, but I could be wrong. Um, but I think it was bigger. And you got the reward side of things. It made for good TV because you're watching, uh, I'm going to just say Yule. You got Yule over there chowing down on chicken and he's watching the tribal council go on. And, you know, Parv says, makes this big move and Yule like spits his chicken everywhere. And he's like, oh, and like, it was a really fun moment to watch them eating and then reacting, watching them react to it, but not influencing it. And then on the other side, yeah, sure. I'm sure whatever happened in that first tribal was influenced by, or the second tribal was influenced by the first tribal, but they got to talk about that. Like Jeff got to ask them the question of like, you just watched that tribal go down. Does that impact your thoughts or does it impact, you know, the plan at all? And of course, you know, they give the standard survivor answer or, or they may not have, I can't remember it all right now, but point being, it was way more entertaining that way where both, both tribes got to see it play out in front of them. And they, and what it did is once they went to the jury, they had that information. They were privy to that information. Um, they got to watch it out. And so like, there wasn't like a one tribal where you just didn't, didn't understand what happened after the merge. And I think that's important too, because if let's just say if that five, five split comes when Denise takes out Sandra and you've got five people that didn't get to witness it. Well, then all of a sudden you get to the jury and like my biggest move that I made post merge, cause I was rewarded by getting to the merge. My biggest move post merge was only seen by five people and three of them are sitting here or two of them are sitting here next to me at final tribal. So really only three people got to see my big move and sure the other five got to hear about it, but it's not the same as seeing it. Right. And yeah, it, the other thing it does and I'll kind of make this sort of a takeaway in that the what Noel did tonight was uh, maybe my favorite play of a non-idol advantage that, that that I've seen. It was just so stinking smart because I said on the yeah. on our Twitter at Blindside Rewind, you should definitely follow us. Um, when it was like. 835 and they had essentially established that Owen was going to go. He had blown up and all the votes were there. Everybody seemed to be lined up to vote Owen out. I said, I'm fascinated to learn how this isn't just Owen going home because it was very obvious that like he wasn't going home at that point because it was so obvious that he was going home at that point. You know what I mean? Like it was just, it was just clear that the, all they need is three votes. They have three votes. He doesn't have an idol. And he's going off to sit by himself on the beach. So he's clearly not going home. But how? How is? How are we getting there? But the way she, the way Noel chose to use that steal a vote was fascinating. But it also like it makes the the advantages super powerful in that moment. But it weakens the impact on the game because. If she's able to use that steal a vote to 
erase a 5-4 majority or a 6-4 majority, that's huge, you know? But she used the steal a vote to accomplish something they could have accomplished without the steal a vote. They just had to make sure that James couldn't use his, uh, wasn't going to use his knowledge as power. So it was still a great play. I'm not saying it's not, but it, at the end of the day, she had a 3-2 majority and used her steal a vote to make sure that the 3-2 majority carried. It was essentially the same. It, it, in the end of the day, I don't know how much it adds to her resume beyond mm-hmm. more than deciding to split the vote when somebody has an idol would it would impact your resume. And so it just that's another way that these small groups just kind of hurt the game. And that like she made a really good move and one only four other people or the three other people saw it. Four, I guess, because James is on the jury. Um, and I guess Noel saw it, but but not or not noel uh janine sorry um janine saw it but it's weakened because she that's the obvious time to use it in fact two of the last three seasons that's when it's been used because that's uh shan used hers to take out the seer um when she totally didn't need to they had the votes without it i think but um so at least two of the last three seasons that that's when they've used it because it's the obvious time to use it it's a three-two split you just steal somebody's vote there. So it's just another way that, like, a, what could have been a really right. great move, because she's obviously got a great brain for the game. I, there are lots of times where, like, the way they play it, I'm like, well, of course you play it that way. Like, that's that's the correct way to use that band. Justin, I don't know that I would have come up with, Owen, I'm going to take your vote, and then I'm going to use your vote the exact way you would have used your vote. But James isn't going to think that's how I'm using your vote, and it's going to make him really comfortable. When she said that, I was I was like, "Holy crap!" It made so much sense, but I'm sitting here like for at least five minutes after she said it, trying to wrap my brain around like, "Well, if you're taking this vote, why why are you why don't you take James's?" And then I got to thinking, well, at that point, James probably takes Carla's uh, idol with his. Um, with his knowledge's power advantage. And then all well, of a sudden he's he safe. Or maybe he doesn't even have to. Maybe Carla, because they were never certain, I don't think. And I think she ended up voting with them, but I don't think they were ever certain that she was going so, to vote with them. Right. And there's a chance that if they don't loop her in at all, Sammy kind of looped her in. I don't know that the other ones wanted to. Um, I think that makes Noel's move more powerful as if she is if it really was a true like taking of the vote to to guarantee it, but it still was a cool way of using it, especially if Carla had Carla and James had put both of their votes on Owen, um, and they didn't. Carla did vote with yeah. them, but even still, right. I don't think they were ever certain she was going to because even at tribal, we saw Owen questioning what she was going to do. Or not knowing and Sammy questioning what Carl yeah. was going to do. So I, I do think that's another reason that they felt like they needed to do it was that there was always the chance that um, Carla could get antsy and just play her idol on James. And then he doesn't have to steal her idol. She uses it and they've still got to steal right. it. 
it, it doesn't wipe out both advantages at once. He's still got his knowledge of power. He, 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 she loses her idol no, just anyway, but now he can steal somebody else's idol and they can work together on that one. Give it to her. Um, yeah. At that point, he gives it to her as like a thanks for letting me use this one. Here's yours back kind of situation. Yes. It's what you would kind of hope would happen. Um, or she would probably hope would happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- so I think in, in that particular case, like the way she played it was very smart because you're right, he did get comfortable. Um, and especially like he could have got him antsy enough. Like if she had taken his vote specifically, he could have got antsy enough thinking, well, is Carla in on this with them? Let me just take her advantage and let's keep it moving. Um, or like, I guess he couldn't have played a shot in the dark, yeah. but the way she played it, it, and she told James that that was the plan, right? Like she went to him and said, Hey, I don't yeah. want you to have to use your knowledge as power tonight. Um, to, to ensure that we have the right amount of votes. Why don't we play my steal a vote? I'll take Owen's vote. We send him packing. And James is all on board. Like his eyes got so big. He's like, that is the move. I am all in. Well, and she, I, I thought she could have made a mistake looking back on it. Like it, it was kind of risky to point out to James that that would mean that Owen wouldn't have knowledge as power. Or, or wouldn't have shot, shot in the dark, um, but that I, I think that also reflects a an understanding of the game from Noel that that really it's really impressive because she grasped right away. I that's another thing that I would not have thought of. Maybe when you're out there on the island, you would have talked about that. Um, but I never would have put two. Even though it's obvious, I wouldn't have put two and two together that having your vote stolen means you can't do shot in the dark. Yeah. Cause you have to risk your vote in order to do it. If you don't have a vote, you can't yeah, risk. I would, it just, it, it's so obvious, but I don't know. Yeah, that. it is. But I, I've never thought of it. Cause when she said it, I was like, well, why couldn't he? Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. why he could. Cause the current yeah. shot in the dark is the vote. And if you don't have one, you can't do it. Um, yeah. So I really liked the move from her. I thought that was an excellent, use of it i like you said i think it's the best use of that particular advantage maybe since david versus goliath when carl the carl that did it or maybe it was nick whoever it was it was in the one where carl goes ding <laughs> i remember that part uh i think they used the steal a vote in that case it worked correctly and that's one where they stole the vote if i'm not mistaken in a minority alliance made it the majority by doing the steal a vote and successfully uh, taking out their target. They also had the idle nullifier in that one, I, I think, in the same move. So that's what... Yeah, they they threw a sledgehammer at somebody's face on that one. I, it, I it was like... Was, I think it was John. I think I think or, that is who they took out. Or Hennigan, um, or what, whatever his real last name is. It's Hennigan, yeah. Yeah. So, because uh, I think Dan, it was supposed to be Dan, but Dan used his own idol on himself or something. It was either Dan or John. Both of them ended up going out because of that move, basically. Like that, it stripped Dan of all yeah. of his powers and it turned around and took his biggest ally out of the game. So I don't think we've seen a use of that particular advantage to that level, except for in David versus Goliath and every other one that I can remember. It's been almost like a, like a completely unsuccessful advantage. Like it's, it's very hard to use it correctly. And I guess technically she didn't use it 
when she needed to, like she had to use it there, but like she didn't need it to, in order for the move to work, but it looks cool. And I think the, the thought process there is really cool. Um, well, the only, well, it was, I, th- I think it was, I think it was needed for a different reason. I think it was needed because it, it was needed to nullify James. She used it in a specific way yeah. to like make sure that James thought he was safe. Right. She used it in a, in a, she didn't use it in the way of like, I need this person's vote to make my votes work out. She used it as a smoke screen. And I think she may have called it that, uh, or somebody called it that. It really was. It was a smoke screen for getting James out. Um, and I thought it was really well played. I would, I would throw the only other one I can think of of a non idle advantage, uh, is probably game changers when Sarah Lucina, um, takes, Sierra's advantage gives that advantage to uh, Sari, I believe it was. Sari tries to play it for herself, and Sarah was like, "No, no, no, no! I was testing you. You just tried to use my my advantage, but if you read it, the only way you can get that advantage is if it's will do you once the person leaves the game. You were just holding that for me. That's my advantage, and I'm going to play it for myself because now I know where I stand." That to me is probably the all-time great use of a non-idle advantage, but like this one rivals it. Maybe just the only reason that it probably is not better is just because it doesn't the significance. We don't know it yet. Um, right? If James in, w- would have ended up winning the season, I guess it, <laughs> then absolutely because Sari would have won the Hersey game changers if she'd gotten to the end, and that sent her home in a, in a classic idle out. Um, and I guess that is technically an idol. It, you, it was used as an idol. Um, like it, it protected Sarah. Um, this was, this was definitely one of the ones where you're like, Noel made the right play of a, of a typically, well, Jeremy, would you call it almost useless advantage sometimes? Well, sometimes it is because generally speaking, and you saw it a little bit tonight, they use it, but then they also, because of the other advantages that might be in play, they end up going and getting extra votes. Like they didn't really need Carla's vote, but Sammy wanted to get her on board and he got her on board. Um, And so that's why it ends up being not necessary. Like they could, and and tonight it's definitely not necessary because that vote was going with that that direction regardless. Um, So she found a way to make it relevant and to ensure that they were stealing of the right vote. Um, it was, it was just really smart. It was a really smart play. Right. Um, yeah. So I will move on to our, our next takeaway and it's kind of a, maybe a bit of a dual takeaway between a couple people. Um, like, and it's the emotion of the game. We see this all the time. Um, we saw it when, was it Cass who got it in for Sarah and, Mm -hmm. Uh, Kagian, uh, we saw that happen and it, it cost her her game in the long run. Um, I think sometimes you get so emotional in a move and you get so hell bent on taking one person out that you let emotion drive you to the point that it costs you your game. Now, it happened in my opinion twice tonight once with Owen and his freak meltdown that he had against James. Now it worked out tonight because James went home and Owen gets to sit there and, and sip his tea, uh, Michaela style, uh, versus 
on the other side, Ryan has been trying to chase this white whale down of Cassidy when it doesn't really like, I don't view Cassidy as enough of a threat to, to consider her a white whale to want to get out. Um, and so, and it cost him his game. Like he consistently tried to showcase, Hey, it's me versus Cassidy. It's me versus Cassidy. It's me versus Cassidy. He kept losing that showdown and other people kept going home. Well, eventually when you present that, that showdown long enough, they're eventually going to put you two up against each other and decide which one of you goes home. And he, yeah, he went home. Yeah. Yeah. The, the emotion and, and getting zeroed in on one target. We've seen time and time again that the really successful survivor players are the ones who don't do that. You know, you don't see uh, Sandra get locked in on one target. Um, Tony, more than the rest of the, the, the big-time winners, will, but he gets locked on whoever is the biggest threat to him um, as a winner. And But that changes. It's not like I mean, if, if he thinks that, for instance, if he thinks Cass is the biggest threat right now, he's, he's going to target Cass. But then if the next tribal, he doesn't think Cass is the largest threat anymore, he's going to lock in on somebody else. Uh, well, and Jeremy, I think in that particular case, like for Tony, we, we've seen it before where he kind of like throttles back if he notices that like, oh, this probably isn't going to go my way. I don't have to get this person out right now. Let me throttle back. Let's let's wait it out. We'll get him next trouble. Or the reverse of that is like his move was it was LJ um, where yeah. he basically needed to craft a way to get LJ out. And so he made it to where he could go to somebody, I think it was Wu, and tell Wu, hey, LJ's targeting you, man. We were we were talking, on, uh, we were walking up the trail, and he said, you were the biggest threat, and we need to get you out. Yeah. So he creates a narrative. He creates a, a, a story, a background. He really thinks it through. He, It's not a, it's not so locked on that he couldn't pivot if he needed to but it's locked in enough that typically he gets his target when he wants it done. And, and tonight we saw a couple examples of when you get locked in on a target and it really messes you up. Now I mentioned Owen's meltdown. I think it worked in his favor because what it accidentally did was it put James in that mode. Like it shifted James away from the typical player that he is, which is the ability to pivot. We've talked about that through the first few episodes of this season was that James's biggest advantage was his ability to pivot from from target to target when he wanted to take out um, Geo and Lindsay presented herself as the better option. When he wanted to take out somebody else, but Geo presented himself as a better option. Like he had that he has that ability to pivot, but tonight, because Owen had a meltdown, came after him, you know, basically called him scum of the earth and, and they had this whole, you know, knockdown drag out, so to speak. And as Sammy put it, you know, it's two, two guys that, that have a lot of respect for each other. Uh, he gave us the classic coach line and it, it really felt like because of his, because of Owen's emotional outbreak, it made James focus in on him too much. 
he wasn't able to pivot when the vote started to fall a different way where he could have maybe gone to Carlin and said, Hey, look, like as much as I want to do this, Hey, Noel's kind of becoming the, like, if we're not careful, she's the one we have to worry about. Let's steal her vote, play it, uh, play it, take her out. Like that would have been, that would have been something that three weeks ago, Carla and James would have come up with. Um, Tonight they didn't because he was so focused in that he was given an opportunity to take Owen out. That's who he wanted out because Owen had disrespected him. He'd been rude to him. And it just made sense that his emotional outburst warranted him going home. On the other side of that, I thought that Owen did the exact same thing. He ended up getting rewarded, but a lot of it he got rewarded because James is a bigger threat. Like he just, he lucked into that part of it because that emotional outburst, the way he acted tonight, I was sitting there thinking, man, dude, you're about to get yourself voted out if you're not careful because that is the, like, people are not going to want that wild card mentality of like, oh, if I tell him something, he perceives it the wrong way. All of a sudden, I'm getting called out in front of everybody. I'm not dealing with that. No, we got to get him out. Well, but but James made two two classic errors that get people voted out of Survivor, and it's why it was okay that Owen had that emotional outburst. One... James got offended that somebody voted for him. Dude, especially right when the right yep. after the merge, there's all kinds of votes that get thrown on you. And if you get one vote thrown on you, that means that person didn't know what was going on. They're not a problem for you. Um, they needed to vote somebody and they did. I I have yet to see someone get offended that someone threw a vote on them and it turned out well for them. That that it it just I think maybe Tony did it one time in Kajian. Yep. He he got upset and confronted somebody about voting for him, and it, and it worked out for him. But almost every other time that we've seen it, it always ends poorly. The other thing that it, that James did was he revealed. It got James to reveal exactly what Owen was accusing him of, because James was just way too comfortable saying to Owen and then saying in front of everyone else about Owen. Well, yeah. I told you to vote for Ryan and you did it, but that wasn't the plan. I just needed to test you to see if you were loyal to us and everybody around, except for maybe Carla is going, hold on now. Why does Owen need to vote for who you tell him to vote for? Even if it's not the right vote, why do you get to decide who Owen votes for? Because James got in that mindset and we see it time again, time and again, he got in that mindset of all that matters is what me and my alliance need. I don't have to think about what Owen needs. I don't have to think about what Sammy needs. All I have to think about is what me mm-hmm. and my one closest ally need. And everybody else just has to go along with it. And if they don't, that's their problem. And that's kind of the attitude he was putting out there. And I don't think he realized it. I don't think he realized how it came across the way he was interacting with Owen, the way he was basically telling Owen, yeah, I told you to vote Ryan, but even though I knew that wasn't the plan, why are you so upset about that? And everybody else is going, well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty upsetting. You know, <laughs> like that's pretty upsetting that you made him vote for the wrong person. He, he trusted you. He was trying to fix this and you kind of, kind of put him out there on a ledge. Um, and so I think that's why Owen's outburst worked. Now, he's going to have to tone that down, and I think he will, because we really haven't seen that from Owen any other times. Um, 
But I think that's why that worked is because James just kind of got really locked in on Owen and it, and it cost him. Right. And I think that it, it's the one time that that works because it accidentally what it created was somebody else locking in on him instead. Like in a typical circumstance, you can't do that because the other person's going to spin it in a, in a way that like, Hey, that guy's kind of having an emotional outburst. I didn't really do anything wrong. Like, you know where I'm at, you know where I lie. Like, let's, let's just, let's get him out and let's keep it moving. But like James met his energy with that same level of energy. And like you said, made some tactical errors. So, like, it was really three cases where people were locking in. Owen kind of looked into the fact that I really think that just James was the bigger target. I think if Owen had been the bigger target tonight, no matter how how James had played it, Owen probably goes home. Like, it really put that group in in a situation of, well, they're both kind of a problem right now. Let's just take out the bigger threat. The one that might be more likely to work with me. And like in that particular case, if you're Noel and you're Sammy, you know that his loyalty lies with Carla versus Owen doesn't really have that same level of loyalty to anyone. We might be able to grasp that loyalty through this move. Well, I think, I think one thing that they didn't show us tonight because it made, they were just trying to add some drama is that Owen has been loyal to Sammy. Um, he has, he yeah, has, and Sammy fair. knows that Owen's been loyal to other people. Um, and Owen's been very measured. He's tried to work with people. That, that's that been something we've seen from the very beginning is him, him trying to build relationships with people. And so I think Owen knows, or Sammy knows where that, the place that that's coming from. He knows that, that when Owen was trying to work with James, that was genuine. And James kind of double crossed him a little bit. And so, yeah, I I think that's why that worked out. Yeah, I think you're right. I I think it's, it's, like I said, I think it's just one of those things where we really got to see some of those survivor missteps really on full display tonight. And especially in a small tribe, like you said, I mean, it really impacts the game a lot those small tribes allow for those kind of mistakes to be magnified because you're looking for a reason to take out someone you're trying. It goes back to the opening days. Almost you're looking for a reason to take someone out and maybe you've already got a reason. Maybe, you know, it's, well, man, we're really worried about Ryan going on a, on a cop run or you know, James is the biggest strategic threat. Let's take him out. But those little outbursts like that give it even more reason. So, like, for Carla, now, going back, Cassidy's going to be like, why would you take out our best ally? What what are you doing? And Carla can say, well, you know, he had a couple of these really emotional outbursts and got to a point where I just I didn't really have another choice. Like, I, I was either going to get left out of the vote or I was going to save him, but it probably tanks my game next time around. So I couldn't really hitch my – hitched my wagon to him much longer. And, and I, you know, I really did it not just for me, but I did it for you, Cassidy, because he was going to take us down together. Well, and James also, this is like multiple times we heard him referred to as a godfather. He and Carla specifically yeah. had been guiding so many votes 
and it went to his head. Um, and he started being, yep. it's one thing for them to realize that they're dominating the votes and they're running the game. It's another thing for them to, for him to be out essentially flaunting the fact that he's running the game. And that's what he was doing a little bit. And I think Carla probably recognized that that's bad for her game to have her, to have her number one ally out there basically flaunting the fact that they're running the game. It's not going to take long for both of them to get voted out on that. Was it Shan Ricard did the same stuff? Yeah. You know, very similar dynamics, very similar. But the difference was, I think Carla cut bait soon enough that it allowed her maybe to not draw as much fire going forward. Well, because what it does is like she lost one ally, but she gained three more. Yep. Because now, now like, she can maybe rope Cassidy back in pretty quickly. I mean, it, it, it won't be hard to sell Cassidy on it at all. Hey, Shouldn't I lost be. James, but like we got these three other people who, <laughs> who aren't as likely to be out there acting the way James was and, and kind of flaunting the fact that, that we're running the game. We got three people who were just happy to be here and, and we can, we can kind of control that. So that's five. And we just got to take, we just got to turn our sights on Cody, Jesse and Gabler now. Tonight, tonight was a little more um, cohesive. It feels like Jeremy in terms of how we watch, because it's not that I didn't have a ton of takeaways. It's that you and I had a lot of the same ones. And so it really allowed us to kind of flow together tonight. Um, yeah, yeah, there was there was a lot of um, it was a very continuous storyline for, right. for for the two groups. Um, and and I, I really don't know what to say. I think best edit for me. I'm gonna I'm just gonna take Noel. Um, it was it was such a strong. She got her her background. She had her survivor background about how important survivor was. Or no, that was Cassidy, wasn't it? Yeah. That was Cassie. I got him confused. It was my fault. It's okay. Um, I can even picture a little girl, and it was like it was a little girl like Noelle, but it was not her. It was Cassidy. Yes. But anyway, um, <clears throat> Noelle just got a good, strong – they edited her well in that she took over that group. Because like I said, it was very obvious that Owen looked like he was going home, but it was pretty clear that he wasn't going to be. And I wondered how, and the answer to how was – Noel, yep, she was gonna take it over. She was gonna make sure that he didn't go home, and she was gonna. But she didn't do it in a "I want to save Owen because he's a number for me." She did it in a "I want to change this game." Uh, I think James is the right move, and I'm gonna make sure James goes home. But I'm gonna make sure. And and you hear people all the time, um where they try to make somebody feel comfortable and it, it, and it always, sometimes it backfires, <clears throat> it backfires because it comes off too heavy handed, but the story she sold him using that advantage made so much sense. I'm just going to take Owen's vote. That way he can't use his shot in the dark and we just might going to make sure he's going to go home. All right. And there didn't have to be a lie because that's exactly what she did. She went in and she took his vote. And so, um, I just thought she was edited to look like such a smart strategic player, but she did it in such a way that I, and maybe it does draw attention on her next time. Maybe she's the next person to go home, 
but she did it in a way that it was not like one of those instant, oh, she's got to go vote moves. And the other thing with that move, Jeremy, is she took out arguably the biggest strategic threat, the one that everybody was calling the Godfather. She got a little white whale action. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just a really good, quick, concise edit of showing this move. And it was all hers. Yeah. Other people helped. You know, Sammy uh, brought in Carla and kind of eased her mind a little bit. Um, Obviously, you know, Owen went along with it, but like, it was hers. She did all the work. She went and she talked to James. She came up with the move. She went and talked to James. She executed it. Um, she sold it perfectly. It was a great edit for her as a survivor player. Right. I agree. And uh, I'll go ahead and segue into mine um, real quick. Um, I think Cassidy's a really good, strong edit tonight. I thought Sammy had another really good strong edit tonight. I'm going to go a little off the path and I'll go Carla. Um, and and not in the sense of like she had a great edit. It was it was more this was a very stabilizing edit for her because the last couple of weeks it felt like really bad edits for her. Tonight it felt like we kind of stabilized her story a little bit. She's kind of off the rocky ground a little bit and she could go home next week. But feels like she's less on rocky ground. Her biggest ally went home, but she was smart enough to pivot before she crashed into the, you know, into the iceberg, so to speak. That was, that was looming uh, for the two of them. She, she, she jumped ship at the right time. And I think that's, it's a mark of a really great player when, you know, you've been edited a certain way all season, which was me and James are floating together and making these great pivot moves. And it was a pivot move that she had to make to take out her strongest ally. She did it. She made a quick decision. Uh, did so in, a, in, a, in an edit where she also gutted out a really uh, gut, uh, a big immunity win for herself. Um, and like you said, I think she comes away with more allies than she went into it. Maybe she doesn't have a singular one ally unless it's Sammy. We got some hints of Sammy may, maybe is her new number one. Um, and if that's the case, she's probably got a stronger number one now because I think Sammy's playing a better game than James was um, by the time he he left. Um, so I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land with Carl on this one. All right. Do, do you have a worst edit? <sighs> worst edit? I think it's Owen, you know, <laughs> um, because for me, it was the blow up. Like, I mean, I've, I've kind of expounded on this already, but you know, the blow up just doesn't look good. He doesn't feel like somebody that maybe is, is going to contend long-term in the game um, because of that. And he's probably going to win now that I said that. Um, But he, that emotional outburst, I think can be, might be planting seeds for how he goes home. Now it could be, we get it. We get an edit next week where Owen, is kind of like throttle back a little bit. We, 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 we return back to the status quo. You know, he apologizes for the outburst, but, you know, explains that like, Hey, you know, the outburst worked in the sense that I got to show you guys exactly what he was about. Um, but obviously you've now gained a great ally. He has a chance to spin this into a good edit, but on the face, on face value, he did not come out of tonight looking great. Um, in fact, I you mean, like you said, it was the, it's so obvious he's going home. He didn't go home. It might be 
that it's foreshadowing for the next episode or the next episode. But it also could be his close call episode where looks like he's going to go home and now he's your winner. Either way. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I, I try to avoid this. I try to avoid going worst at it on the person that went home because it's just so obvious. Yeah. But I, I really think Ryan <laughs> had the worst at it. Um, <laughs> and it, it. It's kind of been building in that he's kind of playing a different game than everyone else. <laughs> um, he, he's and, and, and specifically survivor players on Twitter have talked about how he's playing like this is season two. Um, that that providing the fish and providing the rice or whatever, like pr- providing things is, you know, well, you should keep me around because I, I catch fish, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff. But just also, he just doesn't seem to be, and it's, it got worse, obviously, as it went along, that it was just the better players left and Ryan. He never seemed to be, go- like, playing the same strategic game as everybody else and just kind of got left behind. And honestly, that's why he went home tonight. I don't know that he was the best move. I'm glad he was the one that went home because I, I like that uh, we've kind of evened up the numbers a little bit, men to women. It's it's three women left and five men. I, I like that. Um, but I just I don't know what threat he was because he's not winning immunity challenges. Um. He's not social or strategic, really. I mean, he's a nice guy, so I guess he's sort of social, but he's not really all that strategic. I don't know that he was the right choice. He just went home because he's just not playing on the same strategic level as everybody else. It's hard to – it was probably hard to feel like you could count on him because he's a number, but he could also be a number for anybody. Um, He's just kind of out there. Uh, so I, I I just feel like we've been building for the last few weeks to kind of a bad, um, and Ryan was here kind of edit. Yeah, and, and, I mean, and you hate it because like he was the provider and he he did catch like a record number. I don't know if that's true. Um, and you know he he was one of the few challenge kind of potential challenge beasts that as the season kind of wore on and he could have been a little bit of a shield for folks. And we really lost two shields tonight. So folks like Owen and Sammy have got to watch out now even more than ever because your two biggest shields probably went home tonight in terms of, you know, the, the athletic prowess and that Ryan seemed like he was, he was destined to win a, an immunity or two. And it wouldn't have shot me if James came away with one. Um, and so I, he, I think you're right. I think it was one of those that, like we're gonna look back when we rewatch this in a few seasons and said, Oh, I remember that guy. So do that wouldn't stop fishing. Um you know, he really would have worked out well in season three. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so yeah. I, and there's not a whole ton to say about his edit. It just it's always tough this late when somebody goes home without there really being a whole ton of focus on them. <laughs> and that's kind of yeah. what we get. Well, I think we a lot of it was, and I mean, this is what made it so hard to come up with a takeaway for that group. Um, was they really didn't focus on that group at all. Uh, the, the group focus went on right. Noel uh, and her group because it was the bigger move. It was the, it was the juicier of the two moves. The other one was like, well, here's a side of Ryan. Um, like, it's like when you, 
when you go to a restaurant and you order like this giant steak or something and they bring out this like sad bowl of like green beans or something that sits next to the steak <laughs> and you're like <laughs> green beans are pretty good but man the steak sure was juicy i enjoyed that steak uh yeah, it is what it was like <laughs> you know I, I i was fascinated because this is the second time we've at least the second time we've seen this from specifically jesse and cody i i said it on twitter and and i remember it was the the vote when they were trying to decide i think it was was it noel or neca it might have been noel or neca when they ended up sending home neca but it just seems like there's an obvious answer to their dilemma that they just miss. Because tonight on that on that group, they were like, well, you know, Ryan, it's good to have a shield and, and Cassidy's definitely the bigger social threat, but that could really tick off um, Carla and James on the other side. So I just, gosh, I just don't. And I'm sitting there like, why don't y'all just throw Gabler out? no is there and and it may be that there's some underlying thing that like everybody really likes gabler and and he's a really good ally i I don't know but it just seemed like the obvious choice obvious choice was ryan's a bigger shield cassidy you kind of want to keep her to maintain that relationship with carla and james gabler is not a bridge to anything just eliminate him the other option, Jeremy, I know you're going to really love this. Is Cassidy has the, is getting the Tommy edit where we don't realize it, but Cassidy's super well loved by literally everyone, and she's going to win the whole season now. And <laughs> no, I mean, I, th- I think that's definitely possible. And she's getting the Tommy edit, and we don't realize it. And Gabler is actually the goat of the season. He has no actual shot at winning the game, but he's really well liked. So, uh, similar to who was it that season? Was it Dean? Dean was the more exciting player. The Dean felt like somebody that actually had a chance to win, but the reality was he never had a shot. But nobody liked Dean. Um, I'm trying to think. There was well, somebody. that anybody likes. Um, what you call it? Gabler? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We don't, we, we don't know that anybody likes Gabler. We, it's possible nobody likes Gabler. Yeah, I just I just thought that was a fast like I'm sitting there like I mean the the answer is right there in front of you. Now some of that was that I, I picked Gabler as my go home on the, the power rankings on Survivor <laughs> Fanchery, but I, I I was just fascinated that I, I could not think of a single reason if they really had a dilemma of not really wanting to vote out either one of those people, why not vote out Gabler? Because it would have seemed like an easy thing to say. Right if they decided to take out Gabler to go to Cassidy or Ryan or both and say, Hey, the vote was looking like it might be you, but I think we, we can just take out Gabler. Like he's a, he's a challenge threat. He's, he seems oddly strategic. He's a wild card. Like let's just take him out. Yeah. It would have been easy to do. And it seemed like such an obvious answer. And I don't know why they didn't. Yeah. Like I said, the only other way I can see that, we'll look back in a few weeks and be like, oh, that's why. Because Cassidy was always going to win and Gabler was ne- never really had a shot. Uh, but production preferred Gabler 
So we got more of the Gabler vote edit to where it's like Gabler should have won. Like, I just wonder if that's where we're headed is production has picked the person they really like um, or picked quite a few people they really like. Cause that was the thing with Tommy's season was it was almost like production felt like Dean was the better vote, that Lauren was the better vote. Maybe even Nora was the better vote. Like they really beefed up everybody else's edit around Tommy, but Tommy got the, he's a nice guy. He sure is a sweet old dude. He wins. And it, it feels very similar to that is that Cassidy's just keeps getting the, she's real nice. She got some emotional stuff tonight. She didn't go home. And all of a sudden we're looking back in a few weeks and we're like, huh, how the heck did we get here with Cassidy sitting next to Gabler, who we thought was a real threat and sitting next to Carla or maybe it's not Carla. Maybe it's, uh, Cody or Jesse, we think that Cody has a chance to win. We think that that, uh, that Gabler has a chance to win, but in the reality of it all, Cassidy was always going to win, even though she was not the preferred choice by production. That's possible. So who's your preferred preferred choice? Are you sticking with Cody and uh, who's your other the right now? Are you, you're still on Lindsay. Are you still sticking on Cody and Lindsay? I am. I mean, I, it, Jeremy, I just don't know that it – I don't know that it benefits me right now to make a switch. Yeah. Um, I think we're at a point in the game where I feel pretty good about Cody. Like he wins immunity tonight. Maybe, maybe he goes home next week and I end up having to change my vote. But for right now, like I've got, I've got skin in the game. Cody seems like a, a potential winner still. Might as well ride it out and try to get the maximum number of points, especially considering I am struggling. I'm on the struggle bus in this season. For regular points. So I'm trying to do everything I can to stay alive. Yeah, I, I'm also going to stick with Carla and Owen. I don't know that Owen wins, but I, I've, I have felt really good about Carla the entire season. And and I'm going to stick there. I think if she gets to – we are late enough in the game that I think I can say, especially with her winning immunity tonight, that if she gets to the end, she wins. She doesn't – I don't know that she's got like a Tommy. Well, everybody loves Carla, but nobody doesn't like Carla. Everybody seems to want to work with yeah, her. She's got the strategic prowess of Lauren, though. It's yeah, like it's like Lauren and Tommy, but she's both. Yeah, like everybody likes working with Carla, but she's very strategically smart. She's very balanced. I think she would give one heck of a final tribal speech because I don't think she's going to get too caught up on um, – I don't think she's going to get rattled. She seems very confident and very difficult to rattle. So I just feel like she's she is one that if she – more than maybe anybody else, if she gets to the end, she wins. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think, I think that's, I think that's fair because um, I don't think anybody else has really stood out enough to say – if they sit next to so-and-so, they're going to win. Because, unfortunately, like, I don't know that any of them beat her, so I think there, there can only be one of those, right? Yeah. Um, I think there's there's levels to it, though. Like, I think Cody, if he sits next to, the, the, to, to anybody at the end other than maybe Carla and Jesse, he probably wins. Jesse, I say Jesse because Jesse can probably – like, the thing that will worry me for Cody and Je- versus Jesse 
is Joe, Jesse can kind of claim all the moves that Cody's made. Right. Um, but he has the, the idol play that we don't know about yet. That is kind of the, maybe the, the trump card to the resume. If he gets there to the end with him, I think Jesse's got a strong, is a strong contender. Would not shock me if Jesse won, but I just don't think, I think Jesse's getting too much of a like side edit to get the winner at it. If that makes sense. Like he's, Clearly, somebody they may want to bring back in future seasons, um, but he's not an obvious bring back. So he's not getting the overwhelming edit of like, you should really like this guy. We're probably going to bring him back in about six seasons. So get used to this face. But he's also not getting the like completely useless edit. He's just getting a very middle of the road edit to where like, if you bring him back, we're like, oh, cool. Happy to have Jesse back. You don't bring him back. Oh, man. That, remember that time Jesse was really good? I think he could probably probably come back and be a really good survivor player (laughs) yeah yeah so cool stuff well i'm looking forward to the 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 next episode like i said folks it's thanksgiving i'll be at my parents house uh their their wi-fi is not always spectacular so i don't know that we'll be able to record until probably saturday of next week so we'll we'll see what that happens stay tuned we'll definitely get you an episode for sure. Jamie, I'm excited. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving if we don't get to talk before the, well, we'll talk before then, but the, the, the listeners won't know that. Well, they do know. Right. Uh, but excited uh, for, for the, the Thanksgiving holiday. I hope you have a good one with you and your family. You too, buddy.